Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Yeah. Bill's Mafia. Don Brown. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that challenge on my team. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, do not catch it. Folks, welcome to a brand new episode of the Crowd Assist Podcast presented by Trainwreck Sports. As always, Wake here, here at the Dark Daddy and Kevin Masari down there, Miss Kevin Masari. God, I always I always second guess your name in the intros and only in the intros, but not when I say who I do the, the damn show with. So sorry, Kevin, you deserve a little more respect than that to open a show. You hit it. You hit it with the former. So you yeah, you had it. You actually had it. I know, that's um, how it always is. I always second guess myself, man. Yeah, I man. Do. I mean, it's. And Meerkat's mute is, so he doesn't have the chance to second guess. We're in rare, form. we're in mid-season form here on the crowd. Assist Kevin's podcast, last man. name is tricky. When I typed it into my phone for my contact list, it auto-corrected the massacre. I didn't even notice it. It <laughs> stayed that. So you're Kevin Massacre to me. He says Masare. I was Jake. I was Jake Webkins in in middle school. So that there was that was a tough period. <laughs> you know, it was fun. Webkins were fun. I never got on the trend, but. Everyone else seemed like they were having a blast, and that's I all that matters. <laughs> uh, you know, not sure about last names, but one thing I am sure about absolutely is that our friends at Outlet Liquor are the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? George Urban Boulevard in Depew, whether it's wine, spirits, Loganberry seltzers, you name it, they got it. The place to stock up your liquor cabinets, your fridges, anywhere you can put alcohol, Outlet Liquor is going to fill that up for you. So make sure you support them. Uh, go for preseason football games, regular season football games. Normal parties, night out, you want to stock up before you go to the movie theater. I don't care. Just go to Outlet Liquor, George Urban Boulevard in Depew, the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? This show, as I say every time, is our outlet. And Meerkat, I'm going to give you the floor first because it seems like we may be saying goodbye to your sweet prince, Isaiah Hodgins, at least maybe for the 53-man roster. I'll bring uh, you know the totals for possible wide receivers on the Bills roster up in a little cap or no cap later. But with Jake Kumaro, are you – you nervous at all about Isaiah Hodgins maybe being stuck on the practice squad again, being claimed by another team after being cut? To give us give us a glimpse into your mindset right now. So right now, you know, Hodgins came out like a bat out of hell, started camp off hot, then really cooled down. Actually had a couple rough days where his stock dropped, and in the meantime, Kumro's stock started skyrocketing. I mean, mm-hmm. you would think this guy was a former All-Pro with the, you know, the the hype he was getting online and stuff. Now he's back down to earth, and Hodgins is picking back up again. You know, he caught that nice uh, – long ball from Trubisky hauled that in you know does what he does with the body control down the field um in a situation like that tight window he'll get the ball if it's in his vicinity no matter what and then uh Perino who um we had his uh co-host 
Ryan Talbot on last week for Syracuse.com wrote uh, yesterday how Hodgins flashed in one-on-ones, actually showed some surprising quickness going against Nick McLeod in one-on-ones, and he was catching balls from Allen, so that's a good sign. And I'm still holding out. We talked about the possibility of losing someone like a Taiwan Jones to keep a seventh receiver or that extra Mm -hmm. D lineman because there's going to be some tricky cuts here, man. Yeah, Taiwan Jones might not be the guy that, that that you throw out there to get to get cut just because all the special team stuff. Of course, we know that you know Keith Farwell, Sean McDermott, the entire staff value guys like him and Reggie Gilliam a ton. Uh, Kevin, you tweeted out earlier this week uh, that that Kumro is a quote stone cold lock for the fifty three man roster. You know him slowing down. Are you still feeling the same way? I'm not still feeling the same way. No, I'm just kidding. I think he's a stone cold. I think he's a stone cold lock for the roster, guys. Mm-hmm. Special teams and all. Um, it is what it is. I don't always agree with their special teams roster additions. I have some problems with it sometimes. But Kumaro sure. does add an element to offense to this. Um, that's really, really important um, that he can play it both. I just don't think that there's going to be many receivers on the roster, let alone guys he's directly competing with that will be able to bring the special team's ability that Kumaro can bring. So between his receiver ability, being the second-best receiver in camp in Green Bay, you know Brandon Bean listens to that. I don't care what you say. And I'll, and <laughs> a future Hall of Famer, yeah. a guy that fought with his organization over this player, does matter i don't say a lot but i'm gonna say it matters a little bit i'm gonna say that 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 definitely factors into the decision is like yeah other teams want this guy mm-hmm. um he's going to be a guy we can activate on game days i'm gonna see i'm gonna imagine I, i'm gonna go as far as saying he's a stone cold lock that you won't even see him a ton toward the latter end of preseason because he is that going to be that critical to preseason or excuse me mm-hmm. to the special teams uh units yeah um and does that put Taiwan jones on the outs it could they love Taiwan jones i they've never kept seven receivers um that's what's tough it's gonna be tough for me to see that they still think they get a little bit out of taiwan i think in the running game which is bizarre because i don't think he presents anything there um but they like him in a pinch they think he can do more than other people can do at their position that's how they justify keeping him but kumaro can do even more than that at the receiver units if someone goes down i mean i'm comfortable with him having to now having a whole offseason in the system being able to come in and be receiver three receiver four um, from day, I mean, he might already be receiver four. We don't know where he and Gabe Davis rank right now, but yeah, I think the train's legitimate. I think it's legitimately even more because of the special teams ability um, that a lot of the other guys didn't have. The Derek Rogers of the world, uh, you know, whoever we liked, guy player, um, Brandon Riley. He has this, yeah, he Brandon Riley, great example. Yeah. He has he has the special teams ability that will supersede um, these guys just making good catches in camp. He's been that good. He's been some of the best players in camp all together. Yeah. Um, so I think he's your team starting six receiver um, with the ability to be active on game. I think they'll have all of them active on game days um, because they each oh, they something should. special. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, especially with how at the end of the year we saw Diggs banged up. We saw Beasley banged up. They were banged up at the same exact time. And then at that point we're relying – on you know john brown is already battling injuries all year then we're having gabe davis as our wide receiver one uh as a rookie that was a little tall of an order to ask so they're definitely i could see them keeping seven just for that point so they don't run into the same issues um but that could also be uh you know a, a game by game kind of decision maybe not for the 53 man cut down but for activating players from the practice squad if we're able to stash a receiver down yeah i mean they're going to take a chance on whether they're going to be able to stash hodgins or not is going to be you know Brandon Bean's decision or a hopeful decision he's able to do. But if they're not, I mean, they're probably going to just say, yeah, it sucks. We have a really good roster. (laughs) 
Stevenson's yeah. next. He's going to be the first guy up off the practice squad, and that just is what it is. And actually, he has some returnability, um, even though he muffed a punt. I saw. Um, yeah. So you know, that's what it's just going to be. Stevenson's been did anything so far. I know. Yeah, he's, know? Done, anything. Do too. he's done. Nothing. They do too. Yeah, they probably do too. Um, yeah. So I think it's, they keep them both on the practice squad unless one of them gets claimed. That's fair. Yeah, and, and it's it's just bizarre think and this is what i was thinking about before we you know a few hours ago um that just how far this wide receiver room has come like earlier i put i tweeted out and here, here's just what i tweeted earlier the fact that Hodgins is a cut candidate right now compared to where this wide receiver core was just three years ago he could have been the wide receiver one on the 2018 bills and now he is on the outside looking in uh, or you know just well, maybe not outside looking in he's on the fringe which just to mm-hmm. see around so shortly it, it, it really is tremendous you know just props to brandon bean sean mcdermott uh and everybody for for developing you know all the receivers that have come through like gabe davis now isaiah hodgins hopefully and isaiah mckenzie who is since then being the wide receiver four there still kind of in the same role but you can't say that he's not improved as well um and so you know just the way that they've taken all of these different players whether it's like a daryl williams a daryl johnson isaiah mckenzie isaiah hodgins gabriel davis and developed um, you know, having this many great receivers, or at least good, that's a fantastic problem to have. One that I can't say we've ever had in my lifetime. Like, when's the last time we had a receiving core this good? Uh, I don't know. Price and Eric Molds. <laughs> yeah, right. And that was just Lee like, Evans intersect with them. I can't remember. I think Lee Evans. I think there was a year with yeah, Lee yeah. Evans, Peerless Price, Eric Molds, and that I don't know. Like a Josh Reed was maybe in that mix too. Mm-hmm. They all come across each other at some points who overlap a little bit. So there's, there's some good units in there. I mean, the rest of the team wasn't good. And then yeah. you saw, like, what was that underrated unit? What's it with Sammy, Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and actually, there's, there was a fourth one in there that even makes it even better. I can't remember now. Um, no, but, but, was, was that Percy Harvin? He would have been in there, but that would have been torn when he wasn't. Yeah. I just remember. I remember in the Chiefs game, he caught a long touchdown from from Tyrod, if I remember that correctly, and uh, and that was something fun to watch. I mean, fairness, <laughs> that, that was a pretty good unit, like yeah, um, especially with Watkins in his kind of in his prime. Um, you know, yeah. Robert Woods is still really good. Um, Goodwin had a nice little stretch after Buffalo. Um, so I mean, they, they've had good receiver units. This one's deep. Um, this one they do a little bit. Everyone does a little bit something different. Um, but you can't, I mean, it doesn't really matter when it's getting, you know, you know, run first offense with shady or, you know, those bad mm-hmm. quarterback teams. Um, so to me, it's probably the best since the Super Bowl years. Um, right. you know, I think, I think it's the best all around offense. I mean, they, we talked about Easy. that a little bit last year. Yeah. Um, so there, there's, there's something to be said for this unit being really good. Um, and you know, just just looking forward to the future of of watching it produce. Now that we know who they are, like, it's, is, are they going to do anything? Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> got to bring it up too. We're talking about stacked Don't units. Worry. I'm pretty sure the Bills, the one off season, had a running back room that was Fred Jackson, C.J. Spiller, Marshawn Lynch, Joy K. Bell, Ooh. and Xavier yeah. Oman, who was a personal preseason favorite of mine. <laughs> but you know, oh, you toss Joy K. Bell even as the fourth guy in that room. Mm-hmm. It's it, that, that was crazy. And it's weird to look at how Buffalo has always been a franchise that you know you got to run the ball in Buffalo because of the snow. You can't throw it like you do everywhere. 
now it's kind of the complete opposite. There's no Pro Bowl running back in this backfield for the first time in kind of a long, well, obviously since LaShawn McCoy left. Um, but, you know, now with Zach Moss, another injury, uh, started out with an ankle injury, went back to practice. Now he has a hamstring injury. And now suddenly, even though they're completely different running backs, Antonio Williams seemingly has a path to the 53-man roster if Zach Moss can't stay healthy. And that's been the biggest knock on him, other than just as Kevin so eloquently puts it sometimes, flat out not being that good. <laughs> and I love, and I, it's, it's just true. It's honestly true. Um, you know, they're completely different running backs, but availability is huge. And he missed three games last year. He got banged up in a few games that he still played in. Um, you know, Kevin, like I said twice now already, they're different running backs, but you know, if Moss isn't available for the rest of the preseason or most of the preseason, how can we keep him on the roster? How can we justify that? I mean, I'm not a Zach Moss guy. I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him, guys. Like, I think they like him enough. They spent enough draft capital on him to obviously need to stash him. I mean, with those new IR rules and whatever, yeah. he's going to be able to, I mean, continue to stay on the roster and come back. Um, but Antonio Williams doesn't have a path to the roster currently, um, especially with the ability to need to keep, you know, the four Taiwan. special teams running back. Yeah. yeah. And then mm -hmm. potentially that big battle at receiver already. There's no path for him. He needs a Zach Moss IR. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the only path. Exactly. That's probably one path. Exactly. Um, and if it's not that serious, um, there's no path. He's a, probably a priority free agent, um, a, a practice squad member, but I don't see a path for him to the roster currently. Changes in a heartbeat, though, with if that Zach Moss's injury is good, or it takes a huge effort in preseason, not a good effort, a huge, no, a monumental, like one of the one of the ones that we'll remember for seasons yeah. to come. Because good efforts don't even get it done. Even a hundred yard game doesn't necessarily mean anything. He, I mean, he needs to show the ability to pass protect, catch out of the backfield, have a great running, um, you know, stats in the preseason. Mm -hmm. That could change things. Just don't see the roster spot for him, guys. You need an injury to one of the first three. Um, and that, that is that's the only that's the only path, and you know Zach Moss can't stay healthy. Yeah, and the, that's that's the only reason I bring it up is because he can't stay healthy. That's the only way Antonio Williams makes this roster. And I feel like there isn't you know the the of Antonio Williams doesn't exist outside of Buffalo. Like when people like like yeah, Meerkat's already shaking his head. Like you know, he's a fan favorite. It exactly. was cool. His story's awesome, and what he did in game time was incredible. And I root for the guy. The Don't season. get me wrong, but like. He's just a fan favorite that we're rooting for. Is he one of, you know, like, should he be taking a spot from Brita? Kevin, you're muted. Probably not. Can't hear you, buddy. Wait. Kevin? <laughs> Kevin's got himself <laughs> muted. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yo, know, so, yeah, even if Zach Moss, say he starts this season on the IR, because I think they have the three-week IR thing in uh, – you know, go again, uh, you can activate a player after three weeks. Yeah. So if he does, I think that's where we were talking about. Like if you cut Taiwan Jones, um, you, you would keep Taiwan Jones in that situation. Then you keep that seventh receiver, albeit for three weeks, you see what people do, but it's going to be a big, big preseason for a lot of players. And I'm not sure what's going on with Kevin right now. Yeah, I'm not sure. And also not sure what's going on with Reggie Gilliam. Uh, you know, not not that there's anything wrong with him, but like, you know, there, there, it seems like people have kind of forgotten about him as, you know, a special teams player that's kind of a lock for the roster already. He can play tight end. He can do running back. He's in the fullback position when he, you know, and this run game desperately needs 
improvement. And Reggie Gilliam can be a source of that. Kevin, it looks like it He's looks back. like okay. I was just texting oh, him. Uh, thank you. Oh God! Oh, yeah. that was terrible. What, what were you saying about uh, about Antonio Williams while we were while we were going back and forth there? Oh no, Kevin! No, he muted himself again. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. I can't Do wait until we don't have to. And don't. There we go. He's back. I can't Kevin wait. Kevin is on a surface, so definitely <laughs> never used to my surface. So, oh, America, you, you, you pounded off. Um. <laughs> oh man. No, so but Reggie oh, Gilliam, no. you know, not, not – yeah. let's go – wait, okay. Where are, we, are we going back to Antonio Williams? We're talking Reggie Gilliam. What do we want to talk here? <laughs> oh, he man. Him. So we're talking about Reggie Gilliam uh, yeah. last Friday. I'll just talk about the Kevin's back when we had Ryan Talbot on. He Great. brought up – Kevin asked him, who do you think is somebody who's gone under the radar? You know, so far, Bills camp might make this roster. has been making plays, but not really talked about. Yeah. And Ryan brought up Reggie Gilliam immediately. Uh, you know, a guy who was a tight end, shifted to fullback. He's talked to, you know, Pat DeMarco and such about playing fullback, what he needs to do to be better at that position. Because, you know, he could be like that H-back type of role, like a better scoring Dorn Dickerson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the transition to fullback, his path to the roster is – is murky though as much as you know they might want to keep him and as much as he performs yeah not i mean you you keep two tight ends then and then a fullback who's really an age back tight end type hybrid i guess that made i guess that makes some sense there and Uh, he's kind of a red zone target too like we saw him get you know Mm -hmm. he was one of the 13 bills that caught a touchdown from josh allen last year never i don't know if he had a rushing attempt you know in the red zone or anything like that i honestly doubt it um, but you know, he, he does provide another big body who you can kind of get mismatches with him coming out of the backfield as someone who has the body of a tight end, but almost like, you know, the catching ability of a nimble running back. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. He's definitely an interesting piece of the team. And you know, I brought up scoring door and it was that each back type of yep. role, which I think is like an interesting role in an offense. Uh, can Brian Dable integrate that into our offense in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form? One thousand percent. Whether it's a gadgety trick kind of play, or he uses them as a consistent basis. Because of Gilliam, who I don't have his numbers on blocking as a tight end last year. I'm sorry, not something I have on handy on me. But uh, <laughs> if he, you know, he really takes being a fullback to heart and provides, you know, a good asset blocking because. They lost a big – like, TJ Yeldon, I know he didn't contribute much on the field other than, you know, being a third-down guy, but, like, he was yeah. a great pass blocker for us out of the backfield. And Singletary, Matt Perino did note yesterday Singletary is kind of looking good as a pass blocker, which is huge. You know, He's very promising. This coaching staff this coaching staff values that. That's why TJ Yeldon had a roster spot on this team. I know he made a couple nice catches here and there, but still, like, mm-hmm. they want that guy in the backfield who can be a blocker, and if – Singletary say they're number one they might not want that 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 could help Gilliam's case to make this team yep and that's why I've been high on Zach Moss that's why I chose him as my possible most improved candidate when we did that episode back in July uh and Kevin's shaking his head and I know you know I, I wanted to bring up our most improved selections because two of them have looked fantastic in training camp and if your name isn't Wake, you picked those two. Uh, so first of them, we're on running backs right now. So we'll go Devin Singletary, who Meerkat took, and then we'll talk about Mitch Morse, who is Kevin's selection. Heck yeah. <laughs> and and they are intertwined, and we were all focused on the run game, which is interesting to see that that's how that segment worked out. Uh, but Meerkat, Devin Singletary, it seems like he's put together 
countless, like a, a good number, probably two hands worth of good practices in a row at this point. Yeah, no, he's stringing together good practices, and I brought up that pass blocking aspect, which is something you don't expect out of Singletary, but all camp he's been making good like reads on pass blocks and getting guys before they get to Allen, even though they're just getting in pads and stuff that are, you know, people are noticing Perino literally quote unquote says it's worth mentioning because it stands out that much right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Singletary believer, you know, I'll, I'll I can pull off the, the advanced stats for the 400th time, but uh, I'll spare you all that. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, uh, the Zach Moss RB one talk was kind of heavy, even though camp wasn't really indicating that at all. Yeah, I don't. I if Moss is hurt, like Singletary is getting fifteen to twenty carries week one. Fifteen to twenty. Twenty. Fifteen to twenty. Fifteen to twenty. We're, we're going to be up thirty-one to ten entering the fourth quarter. We're not. I mean, that's fair. Allen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, we're not going to go. Have, he's going to have twelve for eighty-four and a touchdown heading into the fourth, and then he's going to get you know those six extra fourth carries to help crush some time he's gonna end up with over 100 yards we're all gonna rejoice interns are really trying to get that clipped up and ready to go for (laughs) for week one of the nfl season uh but you know moving on to morris you know another key piece for the run game to getting back to where it needs to be or up to where it needs to be it never really has been there underneath the sean mcdermott era unfortunately uh there's one thing that you can criticize about this football team um and you know morris is a big part of that now he's looked fantastic at training camp but the guard play alongside him has looked extremely suspect. Feliciano struggling, Butker's been hurt, so he hasn't been able to be so consistent. Ford hasn't looked fantastic. So, Kevin, Morse on the rise, guards going down. That's not what you wanted, right? <laughs> it's not what I wanted, but Morris is the guy with the big contract, and he's the guy that I needed to see a little bit more production of. He's had, he has such good film at times. I've watched some of it. Um, you know, he does have his big supporters because when he's healthy, focused, he is a really good center. Um, and we're starting to see that he's been one of the best players at camp in general, from what I've heard and read. Um, so, you know, really excited to see what he can do in this offense to help out Josh Allen and the running Mm -hmm. game, but that guard plays egregious. It's not good. I didn't love the Feliciano extension in the first place. Um, was never a Mm -hmm. fan. I actually think Ike Butker is the best guard, uh, on the roster. Ryan Bates Um, might be, if we're going to be, people are saying to try Ryan Bates out. I think they're pretty set on him being the the, the versatile backup with center, Mm -hmm. really more of a center, um, is, is what I'm reading. He's really the second team center right now. Um, so I don't think they just want to pluck him over to guard. Um, so to me, I think what's what's going on with Forrest Lamp, I think he's a guy that pro- if he didn't get yeah. hurt, he'd be starting. And my, my stone cold lock would have been Forrest Lamp starting guard day one. Love that. Um, Love that I, I think it's still on the table, especially with the other guys struggling. I don't think they'll let this calf injury rule, get him cut. I think Forrest Lamp's got a path to this roster. I think he's got a path to the starting spot. And I think with the way that they've been struggling, Cody Ford is just not good. I'm sorry. He's not a good football player. It sucks. It was a bad draft. It, sucks. it is what it is. Can't hit them all. Um, exactly. Right. They had the entire it's position. It's his third yeah. position. He's not good. Yeah. No, um, they, they had the entire draft with like Saran Neal and everybody like that workout to have Cody Ford not work out. I mean, like, granted, sure. Is there a non-zero possibility? People, every time I say that on Twitter, they say like, oh, you sound like Greg Thompson. <laughs> but, uh, you know, is there a non-zero possibility Cody Ford develops into a good guard? Yeah, but I just I wouldn't depend on it at this point. Um, and yeah, you are right. Hair, or, Ryan Bates as a, you know, as a, as a starting guard, when he is our number two center, when our number one center 
has been pretty injury prone since coming to Buffalo. Uh, I'm not sure that they would be excited to have, you know, the possibility of both of them getting hurt. Uh, that's just, that's not something that we want to go into a game with our starting offensive line, thinking two injuries bring us down two starting spots and we have nobody to back them up. Um, especially at center where it's even more important. Uh, but you know, I, I think there's a point to, you know, Morse being, if he's the guy, if he and Dion's look sharp, Morse has looked sharp ever since Dion got back. Of course, if those are the guys performing well right now, those are the glue to the offensive line. If I saw one of them struggling, I'd be a little more concerned. But Mirakat, do you think there's at least more hope knowing that the guys who are supposed to be anchoring this thing down are doing what they're supposed to be doing? Maybe they can guide the others along, right? No, 100%. And, you know, Spencer Brown even has looked good, according mm-hmm. to reports. And he's got And McDermott. Day, on, um, I think he was on One Bills Live. He was talking about Spencer Brown today. And he said that he's looked mm-hmm. fantastic when he's had he, to. He's gotten better every day. He's living up to the situation. I know he said, you know, going against Jerry Hughes and stuff. Now that Hughes back, that was a bit of a rude awakening for him with a guy with that much power and speed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, other than that, you know, I just want to see Deion Dawkins come back. It looks like it's going to be any day now. Um, and mm-hmm. I want to see what the starting five offensive line is going to be, even if they just practice together. If they don't take preseason snaps together, I'm fine with that. Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse, these guys don't need to be on the field come Friday or week two of the preseason. Well, I don't even know when the dress rehearsal is going to be this year, but um, we'll get into the preseason Friday pregame. Don't you all worry about that. But, yeah, I just <laughs> want to see the starting five together in camp and set because that was one of my things heading into last year. I know the offensive line had a, a redeeming year last year in terms of pass pro rush sure. you know rush uh making doing stuff for the running backs was a whole nother story that was terrible disgusting vile <laughs> Devin singletary was the main victim of it and i'm still upset but other than, <laughs> other than that like but we were winning that season with question marks about who the five was gonna be and i think you got to get that set. You have to have that set, you know, before the season starts. That's not something you go into week one not knowing who your starting offensive line is going to be. You know the mm-hmm. bookends. You know the center. You got to figure out the two guards, and these guys have to get reps in camp with Allen together. Not saying, you know, Allen doesn't have a repertoire with all of them other than, you know, Forrest Lamp gets the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's just one of those things, the offensive line. You want as much continuity and comfortability as possible, and Absolutely. they need to start building that immediately. Would you now on the note of that, because, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, improving a lot of different areas of this Bills team um, and, you know, tight end and offensive line have definitely been two of them. If Brandon Bean was to acquire one position before, um, before, you know, the regular season starts, would you rather it be Zach Ertz, specifically Zach Ertz, or would you rather him trade for a valuable starting guard? Because I think it's a guard to me, and I don't think it's all that close. Personally. I think it's a guard. I mean, like, I know no one's really stood out at camp. I'm going to leave the jury out to Ford. I know Kevin hates him, but I want to <laughs> see Cody Ford playing his real position, which I believe is guard. I and I want to see, see him, him for from the start season. of the season. Yes. And I want to see him not injured doing it. You know, like, I want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. And then in terms of the other guard spot, if it's Lamp, if it's Feliciano, which I agree with Kevin there, Feliciano, I don't think is that good. I am not a Feliciano guy. That re-signing, 
uh, too much money for his skill level and a depth guy. I guess it's a locker room thing. He's got a great contract with Allen. He is the bully on the team. If someone hits Allen late, I guarantee you Feliciano will be the first person in their face starting something up, whether it's good or bad. Uh, which is, you know, a good guy to have. You want that type of, you know, bouncer for your quarterback. But, sure. uh, yeah, I don't know right now. I guess I'd go guard. I Dawson Knox looked good for a few days there, and it's falling right back <clears throat> off. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he had, yeah he I'm had going guard, really, but yeah, I still he had a few really. I think the yeah, the, like the ceiling for the tight ends we have is higher than the ceiling for the guards. And you know, this this is a training staff, a coaching staff who has really been able to get the best out of a lot of their players, um, both mentally and on the football field. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I trust them to be able to do that with the tight ends more than I do with the guard just on the ceiling of the talent. Um, but also, this is a new look defensive line. I don't know if there are a lot of defensive lines like this in the NFL with such a massive infusion of youth on it. Like I could say, you could probably say like the, the, the Ravens pass rush might be a little bit similar. I know Patrick Queen is a linebacker, but 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 still like they have invested in the pass rush and run stopping with players like him uh, for, for a while now. Uh, and now the Bills are kind of doing the same. Is there maybe something to the idea that you know, it's, this is just a, a, an offensive assignment, a task that these blockers, these offensive linemen, they're just they haven't seen anything like it before. Like we haven't we haven't talked to a lot of offensive linemen um, at press conferences or anything. We heard from Mitch Morse early. Um, but would you be shocked if that was something that maybe when Forrest Lamp or or, or Mitch Morse hits the podium next, we hear them say? No, I wouldn't be shocked by that. You know, teams see different pass rushes and uh units all the time i mean there's so many now in the nfl there's so many different types of hybrid defenses someone can face off against and you got to be ready for anything you got to be fluid and you got to be able to adjust on the fly that's one of the biggest things of being alignment obviously you have your assignment set but things can go right any moment with a billion different variables as a guy mm-hmm. you know i hate i hate when people who talk sports are like well yeah because i played so and so but like i played left tackle and like that was a big thing like you have your assignment but you have like plan b plan c plan d plan e all ready to fire like in the back of your head everything planned out and you got to be good at that so when you're facing new fronts and stuff it's just adjusting and developing to it like i said earlier uh brown you know going against jerry hughes for the first time just blown away by a guy like that because you don't get athletes like that every day guys who know the position so well how to manipulate your own body against you so yeah it takes some getting used to yeah, no, a hundred percent. And you know, the, the defensive line is definitely an interesting part to uh, t- to this team in terms of cuts, especially as we approach, you know, the the, the first five out as uh, as we're going to be referring to it, uh, the first five guys that are going to have to be cut uh, in the in the coming days or so. Um, and you know, obviously, I don't think we'll see any of them being cut on the first time. But as you see it, who's maybe someone like for me, it's Vernon. And Butler, who I likely see as a trade candidate, uh, just just you know, I, I feel like he's kind of the odd man out. I feel like Justin Zimmer has done incredibly well last year. He had a lot of those hustle balls, you know, that, that's what they were calling it when uh, you know when you basically rush until the end of the whistle. And especially, you know, everybody's going to remember that that Cam Newton forced fumble uh, in the first Patriots game. Um, you know that play and how he's done. I know we can't, you know, we can't. We can't we can't count someone onto the rock one play from last year, 
But, you know, when Leslie Frazier said we need more splash plays from the defense, that's mm-hmm. the exact – that's like the trademark example of what he needs from this defense again. Um, and so, you know, for me, I think that Justin Zimmer is going to sneak in and Vernon Butler is going to be out. And I think Mario Addison, I don't know why people are saying we should be cutting him, is cap space. You know, Matt Perino pointed this out on WGR earlier. We keep mentioning our friends Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot, of course. But, uh, you know, his cap makes it almost impossible to cut. You don't. You can't cut Mario Addison. So for yeah. me, I think it's a trade for Vernon Butler. But but how do you break it down, Meerkat? That's the big thing. The, the guys who are cut candidates on this team, guys who you know veterans maybe making too much money, or you want to see a young guy take their spot, which is like Addison and Butler, and kind of like a like the two linebackers we got last year, Makovich and uh, Klein, oh, Klein. Even though it's yeah. not not even though it's not as much money with those two as Edison and Butler. It's just one of those things where cutting them doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a cap perspective. Um, just doesn't make sense. So unless you can move them, I feel like we're kind of stuck with them for the next year. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm taking a, a, a fifth conditional for pretty much any of them. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. No, Addison's, I mean, Addison's value is a little more than that. Addison is a good football player. He's just, sure. Uh, he just doesn't fit in with this DN room I, we have right now, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't I, – I can see that. I do. Um, it's definitely just like the salary ramifications. Plus, when – you know, another thing that Matt Perino said on WGR this morning is when he asked Eric Washington, you know, what Addison's ceiling is in this defense, he said high-end elite production. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's clearly, you know, Eric Washington is not just going to say that if he doesn't think the plan they have in place for these players is going to lead to that. He's not going to hype someone up when they don't deserve it, um, when there's really no indication of it. So, um, you know, I I'm ex- I think Addison can get back to his form from, from a few years ago. Maybe he can clean up some of the sacks that he left on the field last year because that was obviously, you know, he won a lot of pass rushes. That's the big thing about the Bills line. Mm-hmm. They won a lot of pass rushes. They just couldn't finish the job. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic that Addison's going to be able to go back to that this year. Uh, also hopeful that we'll get Kevin back in here soon, uh, but we are reaching the end of the show. So we are going to do a little cap or no cap to end the show here. Uh, and the last one is going to be Bills related. The rest is all going to be based on rumors about the Bills, rumors Uh-oh. about teams involved in the Bills, uh, and teams in the AFC uh, who are, uh, are definitely cause for concern for the Bills, maybe when it comes to AFC standings at the end of the year. Uh, so I am uh, just trying to type it into the box so that I can buy myself enough time here. And here we go. First, first. Uh, oh, wow. Wait, no, that's an uppercase letter. Okay. Yep. Yep. The intern's got to get better at this. I am the interns. Cap or no cap, Carson Wentz will play a full 17-game season in 2021 apparently it's coming out of colts training camp that him and you know all the offensive linemen that are hurt are all looking ready to be back by week one of the regular season meerkat do you think it's possible carson Wentz bones made a glass makes it through this year healthy I think it's cap. Uh, I have a Carson Wentz fan on the free money football show last week. I took a stand against Ty B and Stevie and I took the Colts win total over. And I said, you know, it looks like Quinn Nelson might be back by week one. He's going to be the type of guy to do that, which it's looking like he is now. And I said, the Colts schedule, you know, it's favorable for Wentz to have come back like week six to eight, but now he's eyeing week one. I just don't think that happens. Uh, but yeah, I just don't think that happens. The type of injury, I think they should nurse him a little bit, not baby him, but 
he, he should probably sit out a week or two if he's not 100% with his history. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, uh, Kevin, your thoughts, cap or no cap, Carson Wentz will play a full 17-game season in 2021. We have muted Kevin again. Muted he Kevin. Back. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I talk shit about Kevin sometimes on the air, but, you know, I, I do like him better when he's, when he's not muted. <laughs> we got him back. I will, I will also got, say – I will say he will play a full game. Um, you think he will? I don't think he will. No, no. So chance. you're calling cap? So yeah. cap. No yeah. chance. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I don't even think. I don't even think that it's close. Like, <laughs> ten games. Ten games. You would yeah. put the over under around ten. You think? I think that's the over under. He's already hurt. He said he's going to be back by week one, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to say when you have Jacob Eason. Um, hey, St. Bellinger's plus 8,000 for Rookie of the Year. Okay. Not, not <laughs> terrible. I mean, yeah, right. 10 bucks on that. I don't That's know. exactly what I said. I'd do 10 bucks on that. But yeah, those are fun t- because they'll ride out sometimes. Last year, I was riding my life on it. I loved it so much all year. The Antonio Gibson plus 15,000 yes. was my baby. No, that was a good. And, you know, Ellinger's a guy who could possibly do that but you know in terms of Carson Wentz the cap or no cap here yeah no way in hell he plays a full 17 game season that was just to get the get the even if he's here in. week one no way mm. moving on cap or no cap Zach Ertz will be an eagle to start 2021 Kevin welcome back what do you think about this one to start like week one week one um no cap yeah I'm gonna go okay. no cap yeah, yeah I think he's on the move or no, you think he is going to be an eagle? I'm sorry. Yeah, I think he's going to be an eagle. Yep, yep, yep. I think there's no lies there. I think he will be week one. I think you see him traded at the deadline. I mean, I think, I think the Eagles will finally succumb to like, <laughs> all right, we'll take a sixth at some point. Brandon Bean <laughs> has to have an offer that's like, you guys want it, you can take it, and it's, yeah, it's not going to budge from it. Stale. Yeah. So I, I don't know though. It's not. I don't think it's for sure. I think that very easily toward toward late August. They could be like, yeah, we'll take the pick. Um, but there's don't, doesn't Goddard have a bunch of injuries right now or problems right yeah, now? That's, yeah, that's why that's what we've talked about on the fantasy show a little bit. And Goddard's being taken as a top seven, top eight tight end in fantasy mm-hmm. drafts. Meanwhile, he failed his physical. He's not fully healthy. Banged up Bills says that he is not the least risky pass catcher uh, to draft from the Eagles. So I think that Zacherts will be an Eagle to start 2021 just based on the Goddard injuries. So I'm also going to go no cap meerkat. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Goddard just not being physically there, and it, he, they haven't moved him yet. Like, there were talks they were being offered thirds and stuff. I don't see that happening anymore. Um, yeah, they, they, they frigged up. They're stuck, they in, in my opinion. They frigged up hard, real hard. Cap or no cap. This team's frigging up real bad on their defense. Uh, the Tennessee Titans will have a top 10 offense and a bottom 10 defense. I made this because I think it's going to happen. I'm calling no cap. I really, that secondary is terrible. And Bud Dupree's not going to get interceptions for them. Uh, you know, it, it, Caleb Farley is looking good in training camp, but he is a rookie. That's not a CB one. Um, I, I think it's not going to be close. Tennessee Titans for fantasy. You want them. But if I were a Titans fan, I'd be really scared about this year. Meerkat. Uh, I want to call cap 
I guess, because just because I want the Titans to do bad, I I see their <laughs> offense. I see their offense as a fringe top ten. Like a, you know, someone's going to finish like eighth to fifteenth range. So uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up, I'm gonna roll the dice and say they they finish right outside the top ten offense. Evan, how do you feel about this one? Cap. Yeah, I think cap. that's cap. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going cap on that. I, I agree with Meerkat's sentiment. I think it's a bottom 10 defense now. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I could probably see 12 to 14 on the offense. Like, I just don't think they're going to continue it going. But, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me for them to sneak at eighth. I mean, it really wouldn't. So, mm-hmm. cap, but not not super duper cap. Just like it's, the, it's that old brimless snapback will bring Right. Back. Like, I think cap, and I want. how about I want it to be cap, too? Yes, of course. Well, we all want it to be. Absolutely. Right. There's no questioning that. Very anti-Titans here. <laughs> uh, last one, and we'll get out of here. Cap or no cap? The Bills will keep seven receivers. Meerkat? I'm going to call no cap because, honestly, I, I've been so fixed in on them keeping six. And then our conversation with Ryan on Friday, not like he was advocating we're keeping seven or something, but he talked me into it with some of the points he was bringing up that I, you know, I brought up today with. So Kevin brought up Kumro is so valuable special teams wise where, yes, they do love Taiwan Jones, but Taiwan Jones only contributing special teams is a detriment when you're cutting other good players at other positions. They can actually play like Kumro can actually play receiver, you know, any any time and contribute most likely it looks like where Taiwan Jones, you don't want him leading your backfield and carries, but if Kumaro leads us and catches one week, people aren't going to really bat an eyelash. So I'm going to go with uh, no cap. Right. Yeah. No cap. I, yeah. I, <laughs> they I, will I, keep I, seven I, receivers. I think, I think there's a way they keep Hodgins and, and Kumaro six and seven with All McKenzie right. five, I guess. Kevin. I just don't have any precedent for it. I got to go cap. I don't see that they've never done it's it. Tough, last yeah. year last year I thought it was yeah. it. Robert Foster gets snipped. Um I just they went with the Kumar on the practice squad to start the year. Um I just don't see it. I don't see it. They've gone to 5 at times, guys. Um like they it's not going to be this year. Yeah, um, no definitely. But not. Yeah. I, I think 6 is where they're like we don't think this, but I think that's even where they're like, like, oh, geez, we have to keep McKenzie and Kumaro. Like, there's no option, but we have to do it. I just don't see them loving six receivers. They they have it this year because of the talent, but I can't exactly, get behind yeah. seven. The only path to this is that Taiwan Jones has caught three running backs. Um, I could. That's the only way I see it. If I see Taiwan Jones on the cut list, I'm thinking there's a shot at it, a shot at them doing the seven receiver thing. Only because Kumaro um, would be a re- uh, receiver, and they can justify it too this year, guys, is because their kick returner, punt returner is McKenzie, right? Is he their number one Should returner? Be. Should be. Yep. Yeah. That's absolutely. two special team spots. So it's yep. the only thing Taiwan cut, really worried about Hodgins getting claimed. That's the only way that I see it. Yep. But he's going to do one of these things where Hodgins could make the original run. I could see seven at some point. And then some roster gymnastics when teams are claiming other players and they're like, all right, now it's time yeah. to bring back Taiwan yeah. and put um, Hodgins on the practice squad. Something like that could happen too. Because mm-hmm. they put a precedent on protecting Hodgins last year doing roster exactly. gymnastics with exactly. the new IR rules. They did not want him, injury or not, you know, going on to the practice squad. Yeah, I, I am going to I'm going to call cap on this, but I think it comes down for me. It comes down to four different position groups. It comes down to O line, D line, wide receiver, 
and quarterback. Um, you know, I because I, I do I think that Jake Fromm's roster spot's a little bit in jeopardy. Um, you know, he didn't have, and it's not any, it's not his own fault. He just was drafted into a terrible situation with the COVID off. He barely practiced with the, with the team because he was the team's COVID quarterback, like that special quarterback they protected in case of an outbreak, so that they would have yeah. someone to put out there. Um, and so, you know, I feel like this year he could be a little less valuable to them in that regard. I feel like he's not going to be taking the steps he needs to in his development. Um, and then, you know, obviously defensive line and offensive line, two big position groups that could each respectively keep nine or 10 guys. And so you'd probably mean nine and 10 between them, probably not both nine, but if it is both nine guys right. per those groups, that's when I think you could see uh, a seventh wide receiver. I just don't see that happening. So that's why I'm going to call it that. Zimmer's been, the D-line's been. Yeah. Like, I just, I just mm. don't know how they do it. They're going to exactly. have to expose them and hope for the best and just be like, you know, whatever happens, I trust Brandon Bean. Let's finally Exactly. That's he's lucky, guys. I don't think he's getting claimed without a huge preseason. And with a huge preseason would come them then trying to keep him. So exactly, I don't yeah. know. I think it'll work itself out to where in three weeks we're talking about it like, all right, he's a priority practice squad member. Maybe even Stevenson is, but I just don't see it mattering. I really don't know that other teams last super low amount were claimed last year with COVID. This year, people are going to want to keep their own guys who know the playbook. I just don't yep, know that you're going to be like, not only you got to claim Hodgins for your active rock, Hodgins isn't going to go pick another practice squad. I no, just don't think you're going no to, to wave somebody else to put them on your active roster. Tough. Yeah. So I think it'll, it'll work itself out. Not positive on it. If he has a good preseason, then we got to talk about this more. But going mm -hmm. for four catches for 48 yards in the preseason, I just don't see him getting claimed. I, I yeah I know you think he's a lock too, but like same goes for like Kumro. I think Kumro needs mm -hmm. a good preseason to lock himself onto this roster as well, especially with you know the past few days kind of trending down a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to know what you guys think. What receivers do you think the Bills are going to keep? Obviously, we know the big five, maybe big six, but will there be a seventh? How do you feel about Zach Moss, Devin Singletary? Is Antonio Williams going to make the roster? We want to know what you think. So comment, reply, yep. whatever the hell. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. This podcast will be up tomorrow morning if you're tuning at the end. But if you were here all along, thank you for being here. We will be live before the Bills-Lions preseason game on Friday around quarter after six. So tune in then. But until Friday, for Wake, Meerkat, Fade PC. Kevin. Fade PC.